Brother Frats, I wanted to say loved, 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 loved your fave current women episode. Man, listen, you are a man after my own heart by saying Sasha Banks is your number one. She is my number two. But, you know, I wanted to share my list with you a little bit. Um, at number five, I have... Hikaru Shida from AEW. Very, very, very dope star. You know, if you've seen some of her work, I know you have. She's amazing. At number four, I got Becky Lynch. She would have been higher, but the pregnancy took her out. I got Asuka at three. I got Sasha at two and Jordan Grace at one. Those are my picks, brother. Later. Thank you very much, good brother Wade, for that voice message and for that top five of your own. Very, very good list. Uh, I love Jordan Grace. Uh, I just haven't gotten a chance to watch too much of her. Uh, I haven't watched Impact in a couple of years now. Uh, I wish I had time to, because honestly, given the roster that they have right now, I probably would. Uh, maybe I'll get uh, I'll get back into it at some point. Maybe for Slammiversary. So everybody, please give Wade some love. Follow him at Wade Ilson on Twitter. That's I-L-S-O-N. Uh, listen to the Big Heckin' Wade Adventures podcast, part of what I believe is the Fourth Wall Pop Network with uh, some personalities that uh, used to be part of Russell Attic Radio including, you know, the podcast formerly known as the Fourth Wall WrestleCast and uh, Dusty Dave and uh, DFTC Jeff Palmaccio. So, hey, give them all some love. Everybody, give them a follow. Yes, this is Mr. Fretz. Welcome to episode 18 of Fretz's Fave 5. And last week I talked about my favorite five current women wrestlers. Now I'm going to give you my favorite all-time women wrestlers or all-time favorite women's wrestlers there it is cut that and it's in uh, i have a few honorable mentions because there's some people that i really 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 wanted to put on this list but it was too hard to uh to pick between them so starting off with sable now i know i know okay uh <laughs> sable was my first wrestling crush you know, uh, she came into the scene with Mark Marrow in 96, just as I was starting to watch wrestling full-time-ish. And I was 12 years old. Uh, you know, so Sable became a bit of a crush. Uh, someone else that was part of that uh, that boom who managed a few tag teams. I'm not going to say her name because she's kind of a terrible person now. You know who I mean. Uh, and there was also Marlena. So this was kind of the, I don't want to say the early stages of a women's division because uh, this next wrestler I'm going to, I'm going to give you was part of the women's division just before this. And that is Bull Meccano. Now Bull Meccano is a uh, Japanese wrestler who just had an ever so brief uh, time in the WWE and I think 94 and parts of 95 uh, for a bigger lady maybe not maybe around the size of of like a Nia Jax I'm not here to body type 
you know. But for someone that size, she was so agile and so damn good in the ring. If you want to find a hidden gem of a women's match, look up Bull McConnell versus Heidi Lee Morgan from, I think, August 1994. This was leading up to SummerSlam, where Nakano would be challenging women's champion Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa. I wanted to put in the honorable mentions list as well, but it was just so hard. I don't know, Bull Nakano, uh, she had a bigger... Um, bigger time in Japan. I think there, I think women's wrestlers or some women's wrestlers in Japan are called Joshi. Uh, someone helped me out. Uh, Wade, I think you might know this. You, I think you watch Stardom or Dusty Dave. I, I don't know, but somebody help me out, please. <laughs> so Bull Makano, just an absolute beast in the ring and had this, this really distinct look. You know, especially for 1994, had the the gigantic spiked hair and like the makeup made her kind of look like a beast. But she is a real person without all that makeup. She is absolutely gorgeous. It's like Luna Vachon, who ironically managed Bull Meccano, was the same way. Had that beastly, grimy look, you know, the shaved sides and the curly, mullety hair. But Luna, God rest her soul, she was also someone who was just absolutely gorgeous and my last honorable mention <laughs> you know what it's strictly for entertainment purposes <laughs> because <laughs> i'm revisiting 2000 in the uh, 20 bell salute also available on the patreon and my fretzelmania uh, page and that person is <laughs> oh may young now i know this theme was shared by Fabulous Moolah, but I'm not talking about her because, well, I mean, I think we both know the, um, <laughs> the story there. Hello, person that texted me. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Mother Fretz. Yes, uh, I'm not talking about Fabulous Moolah because, well, her sketchy past, I don't really want to glorify that. So, Mae Young, uh, of course, she goes way back, right? I mean, she, uh, lived from 1923 to 2014 that's a darn darn good life uh may young a professional wrestler back in the day uh, made her debut i think in the 40s and 50s uh she and mildred burke were among the first female competitors to tour post-war japan there's a fun fact uh may uh won multiple uh, women's titles in the National National Wrestling Alliance. She wrestled all throughout the United States and Canada and kind of had a bit of a second career resurgence in uh, in 1999 and she would have been probably in her at least in her 60s. Uh, she would <laughs> be coming in during that ever so controversial good housekeeping feud with Jeff Jarrett and China and then the entire women's division and the WWE at the time. Uh, and Mae Young, you know, had a whole whack of wacky shenanigans, whether she was entering a swimsuit contest and, in parentheses, flashing her breasts, which were actually a prosth 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 prosthetics, 
Um, yeah, that, that was one of the most horrifying things I saw when I was a teenager. I think I actually reviewed it in Rumble 2000, 20 Ball Salute. Go, go seek that out. Uh, whether she was giving birth to a hand and having a storyline romance with Mark Henry. I'm pregnant! Or whether she was uh, being attacked by the Dudley Boys. Uh, that infamous spot where Mae Young would be super powerbombed off the stage through a table. And legend has it that uh, Mae Young, you know, would just go to Bubba Ray. Kind of like, you know, grab him by the scruff of the shirt and be like, You better not take it easy on me. Slam me as hard as you can. Or I will kick your ass. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And then Mae Young, uh, <laughs> she would appear through various backstage drunken shenanigans with her friend Moolah. I can't take you anywhere. Uh, you know, she was getting drunk or playing poker, smoking cigars and uh, with the APA and, you know, being, you know, having a little fun backstage with Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan and Fabulous Moolah. Kind of a, you know, in the boiler room thinking it was The Undertaker, but it was something even more horrifying. And, you know, May, she would have all these sporadic appearances, including, you know, this funny backstage one with The Rock. It's like, hey, hey, The Rock loves May Young. Hey, no, no strudel for you, kind of thing. And then she became, I think, the eldest person to take part in a wrestling match on Raw against Lay Cool. She had to be, she had to be something like, uh, something like 80 because you know uh, she lived, uh, yeah, she lived. She lived almost ninety years, and Mae Young would, would always be someone you could count on for a laugh. You know, she did the Bronco Buster to Eric Bischoff and put sardines down her, down her tights just for kicks, which was absolutely amazing and hilarious. Yeah, as I said, her last on-screen appearance was March fourth, twenty thirteen, on Old School Raw. Her 90th birthday celebration was interrupted by CM Punk. Oh. And, uh, you know, there was a little backstage bit where Vince McMahon and Triple H presented her with a personally monogrammed Divas Championship belt. Uh, little is known about her career before WWE, but she is remembered for her comedic performances in WWE. Uh, uh, man. And... She was 79 when she was scoop slammed and splashed by three minute warning on a like three minutes skit on Raw in like 20, I want to say 2003, 2002. And despite all of this, Mae Young has only appeared in one WWE video game. And that, of course, is No Mercy. Ah, uh, Mae Young, God rest her soul. She was so good. Not on my actual top five, starting with numero five. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Number five was a three-way tie between <laughs> Sable, Mae, and Bull. So number four now is going to go to... Molly Holly. A.K.A. Miss Madness, A.K.A. Mona, A.K.A. Nora Greenwald, and of course, 
Holy sidekicks, it's Mighty Molly! Oh uh, yeah, Molly Holly is just one of the best damn women's wrestlers ever. Like, I have ever seen. Like, her feud with Trish Stratus in 02 was underrated. You know, uh, she of course debuted as uh, one of Randy Savage's valet, along with Gorgeous George, not that Gorgeous George, and uh, Medusa, actually, uh, as I just briefly talked about. They were part of uh, Team Madness. Uh, she would uh, be released in 2000 in a bit of a cost-cutting move because, well, you know what, WCW was kind of on the outs at this point in time. Uh, she was sent to Memphis Championship Wrestling to work off the ring rust, became a manager of William Regal, known as Lady Ophelia. While there, she squared off against people like the Cat, Bobcat, who is Cynthia Lynch, and Victoria, who uh, spent some dark matches valeting for William Regal, but she wasn't initially brought on as that. Uh, however, she was introduced on TV as Molly Holly, uh, the on-screen cousins of Bob and the late Crash Holly. And the Holly cousins were in view, were in a feud with TNA, Test and Albert and Trish Stratus. So Molly was brought in to kind of even the odds and have, uh, have a female backup to uh, go up against Trish. Man, of all these Trish feuds that we would see over the years, had their genesis in 2000, you know, it would also, you know, Lita as well. It's just so cool to see. Uh, November 23rd, 2000, uh, Holly began using the Molly Go-Around finisher and would defeat Stratus in her first singles match. And then she would be, you know, continuing to be with the Holly Cousins, form an on-screen relationship with Spike Dudley, and then would go on to turn on Spike Dudley, joining the Alliance and becoming a sidekick for Shane Helms' new hero, uh, superhero personality, The Hurricane. Stand back! Uh, then Molly, of course, would leave Hurricane in 2002 in an infamous uh, backstage uh, hardcore title bit at WrestleMania X8 hitting him with a frying pan of all things. Then Molly kind of began a quasi, I don't want to say right to censor-esque person because she was kind of like a proper, in parentheses, a proper lady. You know, she would dress in non-revealing outfits. Uh, just the, just the simple like white shirt and uh, pants. Uh, I don't know what, happened at this point in time or unless she also had one uh her butt kind of came part of her gimmick and like you know oh she's wearing granny panties let's all laugh but molly was an absolute accomplished beast in the ring and put on several amazing matches with people like uh victoria and tristratus uh victoria uh and molly had one of the only i haven't seen one since Hair versus hair women's matches at WrestleMania 20. Uh, go into the Game Changer archives for me and Nate's review of that one. That was awesome. Uh, Molly uh, left the WWE in about 2005 and would have a sporadic independent circuit uh, career for a couple more years before kind of just 
quietly retiring. She returned at Raw 15th anniversary. Uh, she again returned at WrestleMania 25 in that Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal that was won by Vacant. Uh, and would have a couple of more sporadic programs with uh, Lay Cool. Made a return at the Women's Royal Rumble. And I believe she also took part in Evolution, although I am not seeing it on her wiki. No, she was not. But at the Women's Rumble, I think this year, she did the Mighty Molly gimmick. And no, she was at Evolution. Okay. And at Evolution, she came out to the ring in a battle royal doing the Crash Holly walk. Oh, oh, my heart. Oh, Mighty Molly. Uh, someone who I absolutely enjoyed watching, despite the fact I would spend a lot of time booing her as, as a heel. One of the best women's wrestlers I think the WWE ever had. My goodness, what I wouldn't do for like Bull McConnell versus Mighty Molly. Oh, universe mode. Alternate universe mode. Book it. Next, number three. Ivory. A.K.A. You know, Lisa Moretti. A.K.A. Tina Moretti, A.K.A. Tina Ferrari, one of the uh, original ladies of GLOW, which has since been represented by uh, a TV show with Alison Brie, uh, Awesome Kong, uh, who else was in that show? I can't think, it was Alex Riley? I think Johnny Nitro, yeah, it's a wacky show, I haven't seen season two yet, but Anyways, Ivory is someone who, you know, came in through GLOW and was one of the few, you know, um, real women's wrestlers of the time, uh, well, at least when she came in. She debuted as a, well, one of the Godfather's Lady of the Knights. And then, of course, uh, would be introduced as Ivory, a storyline love interest of Mark Henry, and would become a valet for the team of Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Eventually break off from them, win the women's title from, I think, Deborah, and would go on to have a great heel run. You know, she uh, wanted to be and became known more for her wrestling ability than her sex appeal, even though her initial entrance theme was kind of porny. Uh, she would be kind of against, she would be like against taking part in things like strip matches or slot matches, even though she was in them. Like she was at, I think, Miss Rumble 2000 and said, I'm not taking part in this degrading bikini contest. Like, I'm out. She uh, would have a fantastic run with the title, defeating the likes of Deborah, Luna Vachon, Tori. Uh, she had a feud with the Fabulous Moolah, who defeated her for the title in uh, the worst match of No Mercy. Uh, John Powell of Slam Magazine said it was the worst match he'd ever seen, although I think there's been worse matches, worst matches since then. She regains the title and then had a brief run in this group. <laughs> you know I had to work that in somewhere. 
Yes, uh, Ivory became a brief member of the Right to Censor, winning the women's title again from Lita and then having a feud with China. <laughs> oh, I, I had to work in that entrance theme there. I am sorry. No, I'm not. That was one of the greatest entrance themes of all time, by the way. Yeah, so Ivory had kind of had some kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Self-righteous, kind of preachy gimmick to begin with, because she wasn't your swimsuit women's wrestler. She wasn't your typical diva. She was like uh, your your badass tough aunt or cousin or something like that. And she she didn't take no crap from anybody. And she would go on to have you know a quiet career after, right? The censor would have uh, a run on. You know, commentary and uh, WWE New York appearances and, you know, a, cu a couple of quiet things. Uh, she, I think, along with Molly Holly, took uh, their right, the rightful spot into uh, the Hall of Fame. And after leaving WWE, she, you know, worked in landscaping and had uh, a great, you know, a great career there. You know, I think she's came back for a couple of uh, appearances at like Evolution. I'm not, sh I'm not too sure that she had any, uh, anything with the Women's Royal Rumble. I actually couldn't, couldn't find it. But my, my goodness, absolute beast, absolute amazing career for Ivory. Big time props to her. My next two are probably gonna be extremely predictable, but in what order? Uh, I have met these two, and you're now going to know that because everyone who follows me has seen this picture. Oh, Lita. Now, I followed Lita's career since she was Miss Congeniality in uh, w ECW. Ooh, I have the uncensored version of this. And marked as explicit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, Lita is uh, an absolute amazing wrestler. Uh, my, my goodness. Uh, she's, yeah, she started off in ECW managing, I believe it was Danny Doring and Roadkill. Uh, would have a little run in Mexico. Worked in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Actually managing Christopher Daniels. That's something I didn't know. Uh, made appearances in NWA Mid-Atlantic, where she first met the Hardy Boys and began training with them. Uh, she came in into WWE in 2000. Uh, I've been reliving this through the 20 Bell Salute. So she briefly managed S.A. Rios to the Light Heavyweight Championship before, you know, I think leaving or... I don't know. There was a bit of a split between them. I think S.A. briefly turned heel. I can't remember. Then she would join well, the tag team that she was known for. Uh, for being a member of Team Extreme with the Hardy Boys. She would go on to be a multiple-time women's champion. Uh, break her neck on the set of, I think it was Dark Angel. Uh, being out of action for several months before making her return in 2003. And... A lot of people criticize, you know, her run at this point in time. She couldn't land the moonsault right. She couldn't do some moves right. And, well, 
I think it was the neck as someone who has a fused back, a fused spine, you know, I can speak to, yeah, you can't move certain ways after you have major surgery like that. You just can't. I mean, I'll never be able to touch my toes ever. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm fat. I'm saying that because of my fused spine, uh, DDP yoga or not, which I don't do. Uh, yeah. She would then have a uh, be, be part of this kind of funny, you know, I bet you a dollar I'll, I'll score before you. Actually, that's kind of problematic now that I think of it. Uh, Chris Jericho and Christian with Trish and Lita. Of course, Trish would go on to have a brief romance with Jericho before turning on um, him and joining Christian. One of my favorite on-screen couples ever. Yeah, and then Lita had this weird thing with Kane and something to do with it was it looked forced, it looked kind of eh, uncomfortable that on screen I don't want to call it a romance because it was well, I'm not going to say the word. It was kind of that. Kind of forced, kind of yikes. Uh it would Result in Lita becoming pregnant and having an on-screen miscarriage. This was, uh, of course, part of the Gene Snitsky feud. And yes, the baby punt. Uh, and then in one of the most controversial moves, uh, Art was starting to imitate life here where, you know, uh, Matt Hardy and Lita, who had been together for several years at this point in time, kind of had a bit of a bad breakup. bit of a... Uh, little thing with edge and she became the manager of the rated r superstar becoming uh having a big time more sex appeal getting you know some augmentation done and uh just becoming a manager like a badass heel manager you know she had been basically retired as an in-ring performer at this point in time and uh yeah she she had to fill the void in somehow and then you know, Edge would win the WWE title, and then there would be that live sex celebration. Uh, yikes. <laughs> and Lita would quietly retire and have, you know, uh, part-time appearances and uh, pre-show panels and times on commentary. Uh, I met Lita a couple of years ago, the same time I met, you know, who's my number one, which it's obvious it's Trish met them at Comic-Con a couple of years ago and they were the two absolute sweetest ladies I've ever I've ever met in wrestling. Uh told them that, you know, it's awesome to see women's wrestling taken seriously. You know, you two killed it in the evolution. You still got it. Uh and, you know, of course, you know, they come in, oh hi I came in with my big gold belt. Oh hey champ. Like, oh yes, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Lita, my my goodness, absolutely um adore Lita uh, and she kind of had that um that look that not a lot of girls had at this point in time she you know she wore like you know the the low-rise jeans with the thong poking out she had tattoos she's into metal and punk uh, I mean that already scores big time for me but my number one favorite wrestler is of course my fellow Canadian my I don't want to say fellow Torontonian because I'm not from Toronto but it's Trish Stratus, number one all-time favorite women's wrestler. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. Oh, oh, it's time to 
Trish Stratus. Uh, Toronto's own Trish Stratus. Uh, she is someone, at least here in Ontario, we take big time pride in. We take a lot of pride in our Ontario-born wrestlers, uh, we wrestling fans from up here. Whether you're Bobby Roode, Eric Young, Edge Christian, Trish, or uh, anybody, we take pride in our own. Uh, Trish would come in uh, as a heel manager, uh, scouting a new tag team, and that, of course, would be Test and Albert, T and A. T and A. Get it? It means Test and Albert. So she would uh, manage them for a while. Uh, would be one of the many women that would take a super bomb through a table by the Dudley Boys uh, after you know taunting Bubba for several weeks. Dude, I mean, Bubba, talk it out, buddy. Holy crap! So she would uh, also manage Val Venus to win the Intercontinental Championship, but their partnership ended at SummerSlam after Val Venus lost said title in a tag team match also involving Eddie Guerrero and China. Uh, Stratus would make her in-ring debut on the June 22, 2000 episode of SmackDown, winning a tag team match with the Hardy Boys and TNA, and this is the genesis of the Team Bestie feud. Yes, it was all the way back in the year 2000. Lita and Trish would, uh, you know, their tag teams would feud with each other, and they would feud with each other, taking uh, several bumps and several uh, matches. Uh, Trish would... Okay, I'm just going to tear this off like a quick band-aid. She had an on-screen romance with Vince McMahon. You know, the Vince was going through a divorce, and Linda was kind of catatonic and on a lot of medication. And the barking like a dog thing. Nope, let's go next. Nope. So uh, she would have a face turn, teaming up with Team Bestie Lita to go up against Stacy Ke Keebler and Tori Wilson of the Alliance at Invasion. Uh, she'd be sidelined throughout 2000 and then come back in time to win the Women's Championship in a six-pack challenge at Survivor Series that takes one win away from the Alliance. Then Trish would go on to feud with the likes of Molly Holly, having an amazing feud with her, having a series of great matches with Victoria, including a hardcore match at Survivor Series 02, I think that's also in the Game Changers archives with Nate, uh, we reviewed that one, uh, storylines with Gail Kim, Christy Hemi, you know, Lita, and that infamous stalker crazy fan angle with Mickey James, you know, Trish killed it everywhere she went, you know, and then she would have, uh, you know, a brief run. She Her career, in-ring career, ended, I think, in 2006, having a retirement match in her hometown of Toronto uh, against Lita using, using, you know, Canadian legend Bret Hart's sharpshooter to win. Sharpshooter win in Toronto, and that's her in-ring career. One of the most iconic moments in women's wrestling history and WWE history in Toronto WWE history as well. Uh, this would earn her seventh and final women's championship 
and she would retire as champion, the title would be vacated. Of course, Trish, you know, she couldn't stay away. She had sporadic appearances throughout the years. Uh, Raw's 15th anniversary in 2007, attacking Jillian Hall after, oh, quite the sing-off by Miss Jillian. Uh, she would come back for Raw's in Toronto. She uh, wrestled the match in 2008, uh, tagging with John Cena against Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix. Ooh. Uh, and go on, you know, have, you know, things with Lay Cool and... Uh, WrestleMania 27, I think it was, where she tagged with John Morrison and Snooky, yes, that Snooky from Jersey Shore, against Lay Cool and Ziggler, uh, and all these appearances. And then as the women's evolution unfolded and, you know, the Divas hashtag give Divas a chance became the women's division, uh, she would return for the pay-per-view evolution in uh, 2018. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think it was, it was team bestie. I think she was in a match with Alexa bliss. If I remember correctly, uh, she would go on uh, to be a participant, the number 30 participant in the first ever women's Royal rumble, which was, in was that 2018 or 2019 that 2018 yes and she's taken a part in a couple since she took part in evolution and had a match with charlotte last year at SummerSlam in in toronto you know charlotte would of course uh beat trish and this would be you know i want to i don't want to call it a passing of the torch moment because charlotte had already been an established veteran on the roster at this point in time and still is i think one of the best like it or not you know charlotte is one of the best damn women's wrestlers today period might not like her she might be overexposed she might be you know uh, like a john cena type and hey she's a flair well yeah i mean rick flair is one of the greatest of all time why not her daughter kind of following in that foot in those footsteps yeah, so Trish Stratus, all-time favorite. She's part of Canada's Walk of Fame and is just an absolute sweetheart and my all-time favorite women's wrestler. Now, what's next for Fretz's Fate 5? Well, next week, I couldn't tell you what I'm what I'm going to be doing. I have, a, I have a list here. I'm going to start going through it, but hopefully soon... I'm going to be giving you some bonus fave fives that are not wrestling related. Maybe you'd like to know my favorite five video games, my favorite five films or TV shows. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to send me a voicemail, you can of course do that at anchor.fm slash fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. If you don't have the anchor app, you can always, uh, shoot me a dm on twitter you can email me at frets.james at gmail.com and if you want an idea for the fave five well why don't you hit me up on any of my socials you know how to get a hold of me i believe so this has been it follow me on twitter at the legendary jf uh follow us on wrestle addict radio at addict underscore wrestle uh ambiguous ambiguous productions uh 
the rest of the Wrestle Attic Radio crew. That is the Kings of the Rings podcast. That is the Game Changer podcast with me and Nate the effing great. And Young Lions Perspective uh, with with good old Zach. And uh, yeah, so just want to get, uh, <clears throat> say, folks, that continue to stay safe during this uh, trying time. I know it's uh, getting a little antsy. It's been a few months and you want to get out and do stuff, but continue to be patient. Do what you need to do, whatever that is. I love you all. God bless you. See you next time.